0: We are back uh in our brand new home here at Sport Calgary. Uh, David Leg Kerr, uh, We've solved Nothing Podcast. Um where they, they let us come back. I mean that's <laughs> right.
1: That's a start. Hey. <laughs> Ta- yeah, what a great mantra for life. They let us back. <laughs> yeah, they didn't lock the doors, they didn't change the
0: locks. Well, what was the other one? you're asking me how you well, I'm not getting relegated. I mean that's That's right
1: the other. exactly. Yeah, let's 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 preach uh Mediocrity, not getting relegated, yeah. and being allowed back. Yeah, let's, that's, set, the, let's set a high bar. That's <laughs> the life we're living right now, right? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um,
0: since last we spoke, um, a lot has transpired. There's so much that I want to talk to you about, um, but you've picked one of my favorite topics because I think it is more timely now in the world of sport than it ever has been. I have no idea where you're going with it, but I'm excited.
1: What are we going to talk about today? <laughs> you're excited. Oh, I'm glad you're excited. All right. Well, I thought of this as I was driving in to see it today. Mm-hmm. Um, leadership. Yes. We have talked, I think one of our favorite podcasts that we've done to date was on mentorship. Correct. Um, and then as I was driving in today, I was thinking, what are we going to talk about? Are we, uh, The kind of the current stuff that's going on right now is, you know, playoffs are in uh, full yep. full gear, you know, both with basketball and obviously with hockey. Um uh, Tomorrow or today, I can't recall exactly what it is, the City of Calgary is going to be announcing uh, the chair mm-hmm. of the Bid Corps and the CEO of the Bid Corps. And there was a, a story that I was listening to on the drive-in this morning um, with John Furlong, the former CEO of Vancouver 2010, talking about, you know, what is the type of person that we look for or should be chosen as the chair right. or the CEO of a Bid Corps. And, and it all came down to, to leadership. Um, so it got me thinking and, and, you know, even with, uh, the Calgary Flames, Mm -hmm. so the departure of Brian Burke, as an example, the hiring of a new coach, um, for the Flames, all the discussions have come around and down to leadership. And even, even with the departure of Brian Burke, I was, I was interested and I, I, I found it really quite interesting the accolades um that have been circulated and shared about him so it wasn't it wasn't negative it was very much this is the brian burke that you need to know and these are the the leadership traits that he demonstrated eric francis post media columns i think it was what you're referencing right he wrote quite heavily on Mm -hmm. that topic Mm -hmm. so anyways it got me thinking uh what what is leadership to us and it's I I I will talk about this with to my students with my students and I'll ask them to identify who they think are great leaders and mm-hmm. why they're great leaders and so I thought that was maybe an opportunity for us to chat about what is leadership how does sport uh contribute to leadership development we often will use that as a uh an example or a rationale for why our children need or should participate in Correct. sport yeah um I just thought that was a, a way for us to frame today's podcast.
0: Well, to me, uh, you're, you know, you're just throwing me a bone here because <laughs> this, this is this is one of my favorite in the wheelhouse topics because it's the one that I I spend the most time thinking about and the most concern I have. Um, what I what I would like to define is: Are we talking about leadership being different? In sport than it is in politics than it is in the business world than it is in education is leadership an overarching theme that that is consistent in all forms and walks of life Um, and how much does the current incarnation of societal rules
1: impact
0: what leadership is
1: well you just asked three questions that in and of themselves require Three different podcasts, so I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to get through all three of those. But these, in no, one.
0: I wasn't. These are more just the things that I think about a hmm. lot. Is it fair for me to look at politicians mm-hmm. through the same lens that I would look at the captain of, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights, right. or you know, the the leader of,
1: you know, of the of the Boston Celtics? Uh. Well, so I think my initial response is, I think leadership is leadership. Um, regardless of the context, regardless of the avocation, mm-hmm. um, it might might present itself in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but that the core of what good leadership is is foundational and is uh, transferable from one industry in one one context to the other now perhaps culturally it it alters um but i would say within a north american context i i would say leadership is is consistent from one uh context to the other and so as an example um one of the one of the books quote unquote that or that's not a quote unquote it's a book uh the leadership challenge uh mm-hmm. by Kouzes and posner is um, one of the Approaches and perspectives to leadership that I've used in classes where I've talked about leadership, and they they identified five kind of core fundamental um, behaviors right. that all leaders demonstrate. And oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. Let me see if I can remember what the five are: um, challenging the process, inspiring a shared vision, enabling the heart, inspiring others to act. Oh, uh, there's a fifth one that I can't remember. But the research that they did, um or modeling the way was the fifth one. Mm-hmm. And the and the research that they did was they interviewed people across disciplines, whether it was theology, captains of industry, uh, you know, nonprofit. Right. And they asked them to describe when they were at their very best as leaders. And then they they took out of all those experiences what were the commonalities, and to their line of thinking, those were the five things. Mm-hmm. And so they would argue that again that that's consistent in any industry, any approach. Um, that those five things are foundational to being a great leader. So I would argue that in a in a sport context, right. the next CEO of Calgary's 2026 Bid Co. Mm-hmm. should be excellent in all five of those of those things i would argue
0: that today we have a schism between and we confuse leadership and management i think we confuse what both of those are i think management gets you to an end goal Mm. regardless of who or what gets moved you know or, or set aside leadership builds consensus for a goal that brings everybody together and, and you know, the old, I mean, we could do this whole podcast just reading off memes and, <laughs> and leadership posters that's in everybody's office, right? Yeah. But the, the whole, you know, the whole thing of a leader to me is the front end, you know, follow me as opposed to being in the back end, go do that. And I think... We find, at least my observation would be, David, that particularly acutely in the world of politics these days, and I don't want to bog down in that way, but I think we have more managers than we have leaders. I think we have more people that you know are trying to get us to their end goal as opposed to what's the best for everybody? What does everybody want to do? And I, And I think that's a problem. I really do. I think that rubs off. Um, are you know how do we set the examples? How do we mm-hmm. mentor the next group of leaders? Are we mentoring them as leaders? or Are we mentoring them as managers?
1: Okay. Well, let's so let's go back to some of those pillars of Kuznetsov that I just talked about. So one of them is inspiring a shared vision, right? Um, and I think that you know the the shared is the is the part that needs to be underlined. And mm-hmm. so I would say that whether you're leading from the front or leading from behind, that that part. I I think you still need to have a a collective. It has to be a shared vision. It can't be just the individuals. um, This is what we're going to do because I said so. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in a collective society of which we are, we need that that shared vision. And then I think the second part of it is enabling people to participate in the creation of that, so enabling others to act. Um, So I would say that the best leaders... And, you know, we're talking about sport, but I would say that the best leaders in sport are able to do both those things. So, you know, those who we perceive as the great captains or the great general managers or Mm -hmm. the great coaches are able to do both those things, enable the teammates, the players, the staff, et cetera, to act towards that shared vision that has been bought into and uh, celebrated, um, by everybody. So the, they, they, they recognize that we helped share, we helped create this vision. And this is where, yeah. again, you know, Calgary 2026 will be such a great case study, mm-hmm. um, from a leadership perspective. Cause you know, clearly there's a schism, um, in the support of it on, from city council's perspective, right. who is that leader that's going to be allowed or able to enable, uh, a shared vision for what, A bid could be and Mm -hmm. mean to our city and are they going to uh you know inspire and enable people to act on that shared vision as opposed to the bickering and the fighting which seems to be taking place at the moment yeah i want
0: to ask you another thing that i think about what about the role of age what about the role of veteran versus younger player, because certainly now more so than ever in professional sports anyway, which is the i guess what we all look up to and and, and draw reference from in many cases the The age of leaders has certainly dropped dramatically here mm-hmm. late, and I would add too that kind of the prestige or not prestige is the wrong word, but your role on the team also impacts that i I come from a time, and you do too that didn't have to be the best player didn't have to be mm-hmm. the guy that had the starring role it could have been a a role player it could have been a you know yeah. a, somebody who was a little bit older sage and wiser
1: that has changed has it not yeah so let's let's address the age one initially so i i think you're right like if we look at politics as an example if i'm correct of the three main leaders uh, politically at at the federal level, Mm -hmm. um, and apologies to uh, the Green Party, I I didn't (laughs) include them in that list. No, me neither. uh, But, you know, from the the conservatives, the NDP, and the liberal, I believe Justin Trudeau is the oldest Mm -hmm. of the three.
0: Which is the reverse of the
1: election that he won, correct? Correct. So I, I think there is an understanding and a recognition that you don't need to be old, um, in order to be a leader, mm-hmm. um, and so I think I I think that's a good thing in that there's recognition that age does not necessarily translate to wisdom, right, um, or leadership. But I I would also think that it's folly to think that the opposite is true, um, and that age means you're out of touch mm-hmm. and uh un- and stuck in the past and unable to translate current context um, right. because you're from a different era right and now <laughs> i'm turning 50 this year so maybe i say that to protect my own uh you know my own potential and possibilities so i think the age one is an interesting uh, you know y- you look at um coaches Mm -hmm. uh and the number of young coaches like the nfl as an example and i the names are escaping me but you know the number of head coaches that were hired in the last couple of years the i believe the rams hired a young guy who was in his early
0: 30s well look but yeah Uh, but matt patricia in detroit is another young guy absolutely um you know and you see that you know you've seen that not you know, Paul Maurice was a young guy a long time ago. He's not a, yeah, but he, you know, even in other leadership roles, certainly the general managers of teams with the advent of analytics mm-hmm. has has mm-hmm. brought a lot of younger
1: right. people with newer theories into prominent right. roles. And yeah, so, you know, and Billy Bean may have been ahead of that curve, right? When he right. was talking about Moneyball and was taking a business case as opposed to the old, you know, quote-unquote traditional fuddy-duddy approach to exactly. understanding player development and, and, yeah. and understanding player talent. So I would say, again, the same thing. I, I think it's good that there's a recognition that age and history doesn't necessarily translate mm-hmm. to good leadership, um, but it, I, I, would, I, would, I think it would be wrong to consider that the opposite is true as well. Whereas, oh, just because you're old, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there have clearly been some examples of managers and coaches that are long in the tooth, but have been successful, oh, um, sure, you know, and are able, able to still produce and still at a very, very high level.
0: Well, look at Jimmy Rutherford in Pittsburgh would be the one that comes to mind at yeah. 65. He comes to Pittsburgh and, yeah. and, and kind of gets that club over the hump. And, and there's, you know,
1: there's other examples of that as well, um, so again, I, I would say it comes back to those foundations of what is a good leader versus how old are you yeah. um, and, what, and what kind of experience do you have. I think a lot of it comes down... You know, the experience plays a role, I would suspect, in your ability to do those five actions, but I think it's the five actions that are the important part um, versus the, the age. Are you born with those
0: five actions or do we make those five actions?
1: Well, Cousins and Posner would say that we are not... We are definitely not born okay. with those traits and that anybody can become a good, a better leader mm-hmm. um, and that anybody can become a good, if not a great leader in your own kind of realm, in your own context. I, and I think what that speaks to then is it doesn't mean just because you're extroverted versus introverted, doesn't, you know, the, the, who yells the loudest isn't necessarily the biggest right. leader, right. the best leader. Um you know, I think I think leadership theory going back to the 50s and 60s actually did think, well, you had to be of a certain height um, and a certain ethnicity and a certain gender mm-hmm. in some respects mm-hmm. to be a great leader, and yeah. I think that's been proven to be incorrect. Uh, so, yeah, I think we all have the ability to be great leaders, and I, I would suspect if you are part of a team, you would want everybody on your team to think of themselves as all having the potential to be captains, um, whether or not that's in title or not uh that we want so you know again there was another story out of the nfl draft last week about the new england patriots who i loathe um but nonetheless they were noted as you know when they pick players yeah. they have the highest percentage of former university and high school team captains mm-hmm. on their roster and so they're not all coming to new england to become the captain of the team tom brady's got that role right you know figured out but they want leaders um and so they want great leaders across the board throughout the organization they don't want them just at the one the one, the one point in the in the pyramid
0: i i do a summer camp for kids a hockey camp and and we take you know kids at from dis- disadvantaged backgrounds and house league players that are you know just would never go to a hockey camp but yeah. they're going to come and we do in class with them and we talk about leadership and the one thing that i am adamant is I ask the same question every year: Who is a leader? <laughs> and the correct answer to this is: We're all leaders because, right. on some level, we have to be. Because if we devoid ourselves or abdicate our responsibility in leadership, mm-hmm. even if we're not wearing a letter, then what are we?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, on some le- to me, it's a degree of leadership, mm-hmm. and what degree of leadership? So, I I hate to say this, talking to a, a Steelers fan, but <laughs> I, I I really believe there's exact there is really something to what. New England's doing mm-hmm. there, because you cannot, to me, a leader cannot abdicate that yeah. leadership, even if he does not
1: have the letter yeah. on some level, right? No, no, I, I, and when, you know what? So again, we're talking about sport, and I yeah. think that's one of the real benefits of sport, although perhaps the pendulum has swung so far where we have focused on the sea, um, that I, I absolutely, and having I, a letter on a Jersey I and saying you're our leader, right? Because I do think that sport can provide opportunities for all of us to develop our own leadership skills that then translate into other things: being better fathers, being right. better mothers, um, being better, yeah, you know, partners, yeah, um, members of our communities, etc. And perhaps we focus so much on the "I'm wearing the C, I'm the captain, therefore I'm the leader" that it's been detrimental to the development of other players and other members of teams. That really sport could be great at doing and enabling and developing people to kind of practice their leadership skills in a relatively uh, safe environment that allow them to become great leaders outside of sport uh, as they mature and get older. I worry about
0: I worry about the early specialization issues uh-huh. and I worry about the individualism even in team sports and what that does. Now, a lot of this obviously Hmm. comes from elite athletes because I'm not sure that you're, you know, you're basic, you know, I I was never an elite athlete. I don't think I was ever specialized, right? I just, I played a little bit of everything. Um, But you talk to, uh, you know, it goes back to that whole age thing. I think there's these young kids today. But these young kids today have access to resources, uh, and And skills camps mm-hmm, and skills mm-hmm. coaches and academies and things like that that kind of take away some of the elements of failure and mm-hmm. and I would contend that one of the biggest teachers of leadership mm-hmm. and one of the biggest impacts on leadership is failure and the role of failure and if we remove that failure, if we're always saying well, it's not your fault, you know we got your back, you'll be okay. Are we creating true leaders
1: yeah and i and I would say that the specialization has impacted both ends of the spectrum in that it has not provided the opportunity uh, for those at the at the one end mm-hmm. of the normal curve, those that are are superior and excellent. Right. And then I would say the other uh, example of where it has had an impact negatively on leadership development is because kids see that as oh, I can't, I can't play on the elite team. Well, then I won't, I won't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that, that middle normal curve gets lost in some respects. Right. Um, because, because the kids that are getting all the attention are those few elite ones. And if, you know, and, and if there's no point, then I'll, I'll just do something completely opposite. And so they're not being given those opportunities to play on team sports because they're just choosing not to play on them. Yeah. Um, And so the opportunities through sport to develop leadership I think are being lost because they're choosing to pursue other avocations. And I would suggest that, you know, playing online video games does not give you the same uh, leadership experiences and opportunities that being face-to-face with your peers in a situation where, you know, you're having to read body language, you're having to understand – the politics and the socialization right. um so i think you know maybe long term we'll we'll look at the the impacts of that sports specialization as both having detrimental effects from both perspectives those few that actually do excel and go through and all of those other ones that just choose to not participate whatsoever because it's perceived as less than yeah. or insignificant there it,
0: leadership to me is a skill right would we agree on that 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 on some level it's a skill.
1: Well, like, going back to coaches and Posner, yeah, they've identified five specific skills that they think. <laughs> oh, just, yeah.
0: Okay, I thought those were. Uh, well, they're behaviors. Behaviors. They're behaviors, okay. but
1: they they suggest that they can be learned, um, and that they can be practiced, and right. that they can be improved.
0: So I guess where I'm going with that is connecting it is to we spend all of this money and all this resource on physical skill, <laughs> yeah, and yet yeah. It seems to me the most important. I can turn left today. I'm 48. I can turn left. I can turn right. I can stop left. I can stop right. right. But the skills that my peewee coach and my bantam coaches instilled me as the captain of those teams are what really I can point to and go, they've made the difference in my life. You know, why aren't we doing more in those ends? Well,
1: you know what? Bang on. And that's, you know, and listen, me a culpa. I'm I'm certainly not one to point fingers at other coaches or other Mm -hmm. uh, sport leagues and say that they did a poor job. At this because i'm I'm as bad of bad at that as as anybody, so I was an assistant coach at a at a high school basketball team in Cochrane this past year, and you know did I systematically sit down and think to myself, how am I going to ensure that my you know the athletes that are under my purview that I'm an assistant coach for mm-hmm. get an opportunity to practice enabling others to act that they get an opportunity to practice uh challenging you know the process yeah. I, I didn't. I thought about how I'm going to make them better at dribbling and how I'm going to get them to break a press and sure. those sort of things. But I at no time did I actually sit down and think about how I'm going to help them become better leaders.
0: So you did no team building as a club? You well, did did you do anything away from the,
1: the court? Nothing. No, uh, nothing Nothing purposefully. There were a couple of things that maybe if I looked back on now, I would say, ah oh, that's an example of. Team building, but yeah, very little time was spent in that capacity. Now there are other teams that do that, but they, you know, are they are they saying their team building, or are they masking them as you know we're going away on a trip to play another team and another, and we're gonna you know travel and stay in a hotel in Medicine Hat and play a team there, and is that quote unquote team building, and is that leadership development, or is that just a a trip? Um, You know, do we need to be more purposeful in our thinking about leadership development? As much as we are with being able to do crossovers on your I, uh, left and right side, I you know, your mea culpa, my mea culpa.
0: I thought you were pitching me the old grapefruit and the slow pitch celebrity <laughs> game here because this is this is what you know. Last year we had 800 kids, uh, Hockey Calgary. We did a leadership day. We had speakers come out and and we just talked about the basic tenets of leadership, the oh. things, the communication and. You know, acceptance and building consensus, but also it was important to teach them. You know, here's not teach them, but do some team building exercises that you can take back. And and I think there's little things. I think there's little subtle things. The, the nickname, the art of the nickname, <laughs> is so lost on us now because we become lazy. Well, we're gonna add i.e. to, uh, yeah. e- to leg, the la- leg becomes leggy. E- pretty yeah, easily. and, and <laughs> you know, kersey is o- okay, but. You know, I, I look around and I go, where are the mooses? Where are the battleships? Mm. Where's the oil can? Where, <laughs> you know, these are the types of things that, you know, the only way you can do that is by getting to know somebody. The yeah. only way you can get. To know somebody's through communication, and if you have a team full of original nicknames, Mm -hmm. my suggestion is you have probably pretty good leadership, right? Yeah, because they're going to oversee that, they're going to encourage that. So the
1: Philadelphia Flyers of the '70s are the pinnacle of leadership. To me, they really
0: are. (laughs) Battleship, Hound, Hound. I mean, they they had it right. Um, That those are little things, but I also think things in the community. Um, Mm. You know, one of the criticisms I'll level at, and I've had this conversation with people over at Hockey Canada. Um, you know, their mandate is twofold. They have the program of excellence, and they have grassroots hockey. The program of excellence keeps moving back. They've added an under-17, mm-hmm. and I go to these camps, and I look at these kids, and I go, they, they've been on the ice all summer. Would you not be better off? I would challenge Hockey Canada. I would challenge Hockey Canada that at one of their under-17 camps that they bring all these kids, 120 of the best under-17 hockey players in, in Canada, and not even go on the ice. Go in the community. Build some homes. Mm. Go do something that allows you to see the kids in those types of environments. Mm-hmm. Who's going to, you know, we got to build a wall now. Well, who's mm-hmm. going to figure it out? Who's going to lay out the joists? Mm-hmm. Who's going to get the tools and all of those types of things? I, I, I really believe there's a benefit to that. And I really believe, and it's not, I keep using hockey references. Football to me, and you played at the, at the highest university level. I was going to say the highest level. I <laughs> catch that. I catch myself. But with all of its faults hmm. health-wise, is there a better team-building sport than football? Because to achieve a goal, 12 people have to do something together, yeah. correct? And I just, I, I, think there are many, many admirable qualities in the sport of football when it comes to mm-hmm. leadership, and I think it's truly one of the best sports for teaching and creating leaders.
1: There was a podcast I listened to not long ago, not ours. Uh, <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> How dare you? It was it was either Malcolm Gladwell's or Freakonomics or something like yep. that. And they were talking about the difference uh, between basketball and football. And I think this, I, I think I'm, uh, you know, kind of stating this properly, but basketball is based on the strongest link. So the winning team have the strongest link, whereas football is based on the ability of the team to defend against the weakest link. Yep. And so, yeah, if you have 11 or 12 players on the field, and if there is a weak link in that in that Chain of armor that gets exposed, and you know the the football team has to work. All those eleven players, all twelve of those players, have to make sure that they're on the same page. Because if one player mm-hmm. is out of position, it becomes pretty easy for the offense to expose that and score quickly. And the the Great. same on the same side as the uh, the other way. If the if the offense if one player doesn't do their job, then the play just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it does i to me and i yeah I love football um it it's a, it 's a it is one of those opportunities where children and people can learn to rely on one another and that they have to and they have yeah. to trust one another and they have to work together with one another and it has to be a shared vision they have to enable each other to act they can 't be competing with one another because they have to they 're only going to succeed if they work together there 's just no way to get around it you can 't have just one superstar all 12 all 11 players have to work in concert together
0: yeah no i i i agree i wholeheartedly agree with that but it's but again that that's one sport i mean to me there's great things that come out of basketball there's great things that come out of hockey there's great things that come out of baseball you talked about it earlier as being a volunteer coach Hmm. one of the things we have to do is we have to uh, again my i don't know if Ed Showbater ever got any education on creating leaders. But he was my coach in Pee Wee, and he made me the captain, and he taught me what a leader, he gave me the basis for that. That was a volunteer hockey coach. Are we doing enough to support our volunteer hockey coaches and our volunteer basketball coaches and and so on and so on? You know, again, I see skills, I see drills, I see all of those things, and I'm not
1: saying they don't have a value,
0: but I think they're too heavily weighted.
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting point. And have we have we overemphasized the technical aspect for the purposes of having that star athlete make it to the next level and get all the accolades and the quote unquote shoe contract and all those wonderful things sure. versus we created or helped enable to create twelve outstanding young men or women um that become, you know, leaders and, and pillars in their community. Have we forgotten that side of it uh, from a coaching perspective, and that we 're forgetting that that 's part of our responsibility as adults and coaches um, in the amateur sports system instead of having a good jump shot and making sure that the elbow's turned in
0: i 'll say this um, and you you 've heard this i'll come back to hockey we there 's a, a real arrogance sometimes about the hockey player oh, professional hockey players are the best <laughs> you know they 're the toughest they're all these we you know hockey we, we turn out really good people. I I would say this. I I look at a system right now across this country that is designed to create an NHL hockey player. If we create a good person, that's divine intervention. (laughs) And to me, that's backwards. We should be... Our whole system should be based on creating good people. And if we create an NHL player, that's divine intervention. And I think that's that's the one thing that drives me and gets me up every day is that that's that's the one area I think we can improve for our kids and so that when they come out of this you see them in class can you you get a new class of students and and i how long does it take you before you can figure out who's played before i can i know who's played sports i know who hasn't played sports and i'm sorry i just can tell those who have been on a
1: team and been part of a team and been successful do you see it Oh, I, I, yeah. Now, I mean, in my context, because it's a Department of Health and Physical Education, chances are pretty good. Yeah, okay, that's Um, right. If
0: I got, if I got somebody in the engineering department or, you know,
1: somewhere else, but, but you know what I'm saying. But I talk to my colleagues, for instance, in the business school. Right. And they, they talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talk about the varsity athletes that are in their classes um, as they, they don't stick out because they're wearing clothing that say mount royal cougars all over they they stick out because of their um ability to be leaders and their ability to um you know kind of address those five behaviors Mm -hmm. that we've talked about that we've talked about earlier and to and to challenge the process but in a thoughtful and you know non-aggressive way uh they've just been they've learned how to be good leaders
0: yeah and I, I would hope that, you know, I go back to the volunteer coach component. I would hope that we have the wherewithal within ourselves to identify those coaches and thank those coaches. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the neat things we did this year is we were able to go and visit a hockey club, uh, a peewee team that went and mentored the Timbits team in <laughs> their in their area, and then they went to a senior's home <laughs> and and spent time with them, and we were able to come in and say, geez, thank you guys. We gave them some prizing from the Hitman and things like that. You've seen the Good Deeds Cup yeah. things. I, yeah. I like to think we're we're moving back and we're putting value on that. And I, I look at, you know, the Burt Gillings of the world and, and when I was at yeah. St. Ken Babby, that there was always a component of community too, yeah. right? And I think that's where we have to do a better job of recognizing the coaches that do that. And again, it is so easy in these conversations to point at parents and go, you bad parents, <laughs> But, I do challenge you as a parent. Are, are you concerned about the W's, or are you concerned about the process that's going to give you a, a kid who's a leader and in his community at the end of the day?
1: That's a really good point, right? I mean, as as a parent, have I ever even asked that question, you know when I've taken my child to a a registration mm-hmm. for a, a minor league you know a sport opportunity? have i yeah. Have I said to the convener league, tell me about the leadership development aspect. Of my son or daughter playing yeah. a sport in your league, yeah. uh, tell me about the philosophy and the values of leadership development and community development and community engagement versus, uh, you know, wh- how many tournaments are we playing in this year and how much playing time is my child going to get and you know are they going to be prepared to take that next step to play in the W or whatever you know that next yep. step could be? Are they going to yep. be going down to the states for their scholarship? Yeah, maybe we're our own worst enemies in that respect um, as parents, and we need to do a better job of asking and demanding um, mm-hmm. that our minor league programs and coaches are accountable to that deliverable as opposed to just the X's and O's.
0: I, to me, it's invaluable. And and I'll go back to where we started, maybe as we kind of wrap this up, but you know, part of my agitation, part of the reason that I really am interested in pushing a, an agenda of, of leadership and community and youth sports is what I see at the top. It goes back to, I don't see leaders, I see managers. Mm. You know, it's really easy to point to the president of the United States and all his faults and everything like that. That's not a leader. Mm-hmm. I don't care on any level. That's not a leader. That's not somebody that inspires, you know, <laughs> uh, everybody coming together. But that's a manager who's managing to get the things that he needs and his his party needs. Even in this country, I'm sorry, I don't see, I have a hard time looking at a lot of politicians and going, they're leaders. Oh. They, they have an agenda, they're working towards getting to that agenda and, and winning. We need, we need to be creating the next generation of youth. We need to fight back on skills and money and, and pouring it into camps and stuff and getting them out in the community. Again, I would challenge anybody who thinks that, you know, getting a kid on the ice for five months in the off season or... You know, or or even playing, you know, basketball in the summer as opposed to the winter. Take that time and and put it in another sport. Take that time and put it in the community. The creation of better people will only create better athletes. Sorry, how many re? There's a handful of them, but there's a majority of our really good athletes that are generally are really good people too. You know, yeah. I think that's a legacy. Uh,
1: agreed. But if we could. We could create more of that. Yes, I mean the, the number of players that actually play in the NHL are minuscule. Yeah, so our, yeah. So if we could if we could enable and inspire our, as leaders mm-hmm. um, for our sport system to become better yep. at developing and enabling other people to become better leaders in their community and not just be NHL hockey players or mm-hmm. whatever the case may yeah. be, I think we've done ourselves um, a service because it's it's just it's maximizing the. The number of people that are doing great things out in our community. That's the challenge. Mm. That's the challenge. We've solved nothing, (laughs) but this one particular podcast,
0: we might have moved closer to a solution. Oh, one Uh, can hope. One can hope.